You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Today on Vox and Hops, I sit down with Petrik Martin, who's one of the owners of Le Fermatar, which is a new brew pub which opened last year in L'Assomption. L'Assomption is a tiny city outside of Montreal, and um, Petrik tells me why he decided to set the pub up there. We discuss uh, his early life growing up, uh, how he got into music. He talks to me about his new project called Les Fucking Raymond, which is a French cover band of uh, the Ramones, which is uh, getting quite the, some buzz up here in Montreal. So uh, sit back, grab your pint, and uh, get ready for the next episode of Vox and Hops. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, how's it going? Matt here. On location. This is the first on location Vox and Hops podcast. We are in L'Assomption at Le Fermenteur. And I'm here with Patrick Martin. <laughs> How are you doing, man? Fine, man. Just woke up. <laughs> yeah, same here. Same here. It's, it's, it's an honor to be on location Welcome. at your pub. I've never been here before. I've heard a lot of great things about it. Cool. Uh, Christian Donaldson's always raving about it. Yeah. And uh, I never had the chance to come out to L'Assomption, which is a little bit out of Montreal. Yeah, welcome to L'Assomption. So what have you been doing? What's been going on with you and oh, your life? My life. I'm working a lot. Uh, we, with the bar, uh, we're working seven days a week. Uh, the only day off uh, we got is when we have shows, me and Jeff. So uh, we're working working a lot. Uh, we just had our license for the brewery. So it's kind of a stress that went away. We're working a lot on this from the past 10 months. And uh, it's, it's great to, to finally got the license to brew. Okay, when, when did you open the doors of this place? Uh, we opened uh, the doors here uh, a year ago in uh, July 2017. And we were uh, brewing our, our beer in a, another, another brewery in the Boisbriand Microbrasserie Goudal. Uh, we were renting their, their kit to brew there. And uh, on the side, we were uh, building our factory, our brewery in Le Gardeur. And uh, a year later, we got uh, our licenses, so uh, that's great. That's amazing. That's actually yeah. fast uh, yeah, compared to what normally people... Yeah, that's kind of complicated to get the license uh, with the uh, Riche des Alcools and everything, the government, uh, federal, provincial. It's very strict. Yeah, it's strict. Yeah. And uh, we're, yeah, that, was, that, that was a lot of stress, but now uh, we're feeling good. <laughs> so now when you say that you got your license, it means that you can bottle your beer yeah, and we can, sell it in stores. We can brew our own beer. We, we already were brewing our, our own beer, but now we can do it in our kit. We can bottle or can beer. We can distribute in another bar, in, uh, in the panner, in a uh, grocery and everything. So uh, that's going to come uh, in a couple of months. For, for now, we're just brewing to deliver here at the bar because in the summer, we're selling a lot of beer, so we cannot uh, bottle a beer right now. But when it's gonna, winter's gonna come, it's gonna calm down, so we can think about maybe a bottle some some of the beers we got the more popular one do you have like a, an idea of how many you would put out like at a time like a starting amount like how many beers let's for say. the amount I don't know but we certainly will start with like one or two kind of, uh, okay, like brand of beer which would be which ones the, would, the, the Zvan the, the which is what I'm drinking right yeah, now yeah, right now it's called Zvan yeah Zvan, and uh, uh, raspberry pale ale a raspberry pale ale that's a, I'm the, the, give it a little taste yeah Cheers, buddy. Cheers, man. 
thanks for having me. We're outside right now because inside there's some renovations going on above uh, Le Fermentard. And uh, so we apologize with the if there's any cars passing in the background. Please, uh, please uh, be gentle with us. Yeah. And yeah, the, the Raspberry Pale will be one of the first we could uh, bottle or can because it's the most popular beer we, we got right okay. now. It's it's smooth. It's it's light. Yeah. It doesn't taste chemically chemical no, like a lot of raspberry beers that you'll you'll find on the but market. But that's because we use uh, real raspberries. Uh, it's not concentrate or juice. Uh, we put real raspberry into into the beer a lot of raspberry so it's the it's a beer that uh, is expensive to brew but uh, it's worth it because uh, it sells a lot do you have like a relationship with a local farmer to get not the raspberries right no uh, the, we were buying raspberries from a a grocery uh, um, oh yeah like Costco or like the, um, uh, it's um, Mera okay. for the restaurants and everything I think it's like Chilean uh, raspberries okay because uh, just like I told you raspberries are, are really expensive so we got it take the best deal we can we could absolutely because it would absolutely. be uh, mind-blowing how much it would cost to blow this uh, <laughs> if you're the b- this b- beer. organic uh, yeah hand-picked bio yeah. raspberries <laughs> but we will one have, there one we, there we, we would love to uh, to have uh, 100% uh, Quebecois uh, products yeah. beer products and everything but uh, we've got to work on it and uh, Talk with some farmers around local, here. Because yeah. for people that don't know, we're in the La Sompion and it's outside of Montreal, and there's like many farms around. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. We just uh, had a talk with a with a, a guy who's uh, growing uh, Camerys. I don't know in English. Yeah, um, Camerys. Uh, I don't know. I, but kind little, of like little a, tiny little berries. Yeah, yeah. kind of sour. like a blueberry, but yeah. longer. Yeah, and uh, we're testing the, the Camerys right now into a beer. That'd be good. That's yeah. the same base beer. Uh, the, same base of beer of the of this van, but without the raspberry, we put the Camrys. Oh yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we I had the chance to to taste it yet. It's fermenting right now, and I uh, can't wait to taste it. Yeah, and it's the best part of your job, dude. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Tell me, like I always play a game with my wife, and I've brought it onto the podcast, describing this beer as a person. If you had, to, oh. if you could describe your Sven, well, it has the name Sven, so you're going to be biased a bit. Yeah, imagine a person, any person in the world, who would Sven be? This beer, actually, the, this beer was named after a guy. Sven was uh, the guitar player of Parabellum uh, Punk, a French punk band, and uh, there was Sven and Schultz. Uh, we we have also a beer, a beer named Schultz. Uh, Schultz and uh, Sven were the, the two guitar players of uh, uh, Parabellum. And Jeff toured with these guys in France. And they passed away uh, oh. uh, three years ago. These guys were like hardcore drinkers and hardcore drugs. And Rest in peace, Sven and Jeff. Yeah. yeah. And that. And Sven was all, just like Jeff told me. I didn't uh, met uh, Sven, but Sven told me. Uh, Jeff told me that Sven was kind of the Keith Richard okay. of the punk, <laughs> and was always wearing a, a red, a red uh, suit and everything. So Sven, uh, the red beer, uh, fits with the name uh, and the guy. Yeah, personable story, a personable yeah. beer. So yeah. I cannot think about anybody else. That it's it's Sven. Sven. Yeah. <laughs> Cheer, cheers to Sven. Cheers and, to Sven. In his honor. Rest yeah. in peace, Sven. It's really good. It's. Very refreshing. Do you remember what your first beer was and your first experience with beer was as a, like growing up? As drinking beer? Yeah. Holy shit. First beer was... 
It doesn't have to be what beer, like an experience, like no, know. it wasn't. It was commercial beer at first. Uh, of course, I think yeah. I was like maybe, I think I was like six, <laughs> and my father just. Uh, we were listening. Uh, we were watching hockey with my grandfather too, and they were drinking beer. And my father was always telling me, "Hey, man, get me some beer in the fridge." I was coming back with the beer, and he was telling me, "If you're if you're able to open it, you can get a sip." Okay. And at six, I was able to <laughs> open the beer, and I had a sip, but I I did it, it didn't taste so good. No. I was like, oh shit! What was that? Hopefully, it was cold at least. Yeah, it yeah, was cold. Yeah. And I remember one time when I was young too, my my father poured me a glass of beer. Maybe I was eight or something, and I I drank the, the full glass, and I I kind of felt dizzy. Yeah, yeah that, that <laughs> was first my first experience with alcohol. That head but, buzz uh, there. After later uh, later on, we when I was a teenager, I had all my experiences with alcohol and uh, beer. And I, rem- I remember some years uh, for like maybe three years, I, w- I wasn't drinking at all because I, I I've been so sick uh, at parties and everything. And that happens. And it came back, and when I I started drinking again, I started drinking like craft beers and everything. What was the first craft brewery or uh, you know beer man, that opened your mind? It might be Unibrew, uh, you know, say more commercial ones, but that uh, was like Feinsmond and uh, thing like this. You got to take your hat off to Unibrew. They really, yeah, uh, they man, paved the way for a lot of yes. Quebec breweries for yeah, sure. For yeah. for a long time in, in groceries, only the only craft beers you could find it was Unibrew and uh, some Macaulay beers like uh, mm-hmm. Girizu and everything mm-hmm. and. Uh, and uh, just explodes uh, a couple of years ago, and there's uh, craft beers everywhere. So. You can't, you can't it's, it's, I can't even keep up. No, you, know? you can't. Yeah. But it's, it's a pleasure. I enjoy it. Tell me about you as a kid. What was you as a kid growing up, getting into the music scene? Oh shit! Man. When I was a kid, I was uh, very shy. Uh, when I was in uh, high school, uh, I had a small group of friends who were listening to heavy metal and everything. Were kind of the outsiders, and uh, I started singing in some bands in high schools who were like doing covers, Pantera covers, Corn uh, covers, and uh, Metallica covers and everything. And it kind of just let my personality develop uh, over the years because I was kind of really shy and uh, it helped me to just get out of my box and uh, discover some uh, discover some great music and meet some new people too and be uh, more, uh, I don't know how to say it uh, open to talk with people and be not be the shy guy I was when I was young. When you when you first started, yeah. And what what you know band was there was like one key band or one key singer that said, oh, you know, you you picked up a mic and you're like, oh, I can do this. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, at first it was Pantera and Metallica, but a band that uh, paved the way for me with Reanimator, my first real band. Was Exodus uh, the first time I heard uh, Tempo of the Dam from Exodus? I just I heard Blacklist and I, I said to myself, "Dude, you got to do some trash metal." <laughs> this is it. Yeah, this is that where was, it's I at. remember that day I was in my car and dun, 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 fuck <laughs> yeah, man. I fucking love Exodus. <laughs> yeah, they fucking rip, man. Yeah, and uh, no, I just, 
there was Exodus Testament uh, Anthrax were, were like the three first and Megata 2 that pushed me into doing trash metal with Reanimator since then uh, I'm doing what I love the most uh, playing fucking trash just playing music and singing on stage you know what it is it's fucking great man it's 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 a complete release you know and, and complete you, especially I need coming. this and I know you need this too yeah, it's like a therapy for yeah, me yeah exactly yeah. What about like early concerts that you went to go see? Something that like something where you like you saw it and you were like, "That's what I want to do." You know, something that that moment. I don't That's know kind of funny because uh, uh, my first um, concert I went to was a metal concert. It was a little festival around here in La Valterie. And uh, it was Anonymous. Uh, Anonymous was the first band that I saw live. No way. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> and that's funny because right now I got a business with Jeff, who's in Who Anonymous. Who sings too. for Anonymous. Yeah. yeah and uh, I, I'm friends with all the guys in Anonymous right now. But I told them too, man, you guys influ- influenced me a lot, man. I started... The first show I saw was Anonymous, and right now I'm just hanging out with the guys. All the time. It's so funny how life yeah. works. Right? How did, uh, you know, it's, you heard Exodus, you started Reanimator, you got the guys together. If you could book, like, a three-band dream tour for, you know, you and two other bands, who would that be? Oh, man. Uh, right, uh, right now, no. right now. With the band being right now, not the band being like in the. It could 80s. be any band. Yeah, we could we could play both. We could do a realistic uh, yeah. one and then a dream one. You know? Okay, a dream one would be like, I think, hmm, I would love to do like Reanimator opening for the Suicidal Tendencies and Exodus headlining. Yeah, that would be a badass. Tour, yeah, that man. would yeah. be fucking great. Those dream tours. Yeah, yeah. every day you just wake up excited. Because the two bands are actually. Really good, like, still really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I could just go back in time, maybe it'll be in the 80s with Reanimator. We'll have to tour with Megadeth. Yeah, Cer- certainly with Megadeth and uh, Pantera. That would be. I never got to see them. I'm disappointed about nah, that. I never seen them too. Jeff did. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Chris as well. Yeah. He's telling me about it yesterday. Fuck. If, out of all the gigs reanimators play, what did you say is the best? The best gig, gig and we why? Had, yeah, I think the best gig we had uh, was uh, at Fofun Electric with uh, Municipal Waste. Okay, in yeah. 2009, I think. Was it crazy? The Fof were full crowd, and that was the kind of crowd that fits with reanimators. So people were just stage diving. Crowd, that was that was very crazy, man. It is, it's an amazing feeling playing like a packed Fuffs. Yeah, people like venue is that's the best. at Fuffs especially too. It has like this this history. It's almost like the CBGBs. Yeah, exactly. Of Montreal. Yeah. So it's exactly. got like this history. You can imagine all the bands that have stood there. Yeah, man. I, I, I heard even Nirvana played there. <laughs> just yeah. to, you know, stand yeah. on the same stage as Kurt, Co- Kurt Cobain and stuff. It's very yeah. Actually, yeah. there's legends that pass uh, by the. That's kind of the CBGB, just like it. Uh, Do you have like your best tour story? Hey, fuck, man, we got so much tour stories. <laughs> Something that like is unbelievable that no one else would understand. Oh man, uh, you had to be there to believe it, type thing. Oh uh, man, uh, when we're in Europe, I don't, know, I don't. Know, when we're touring Canada, we were playing at uh, at uh, Sault Saint Marie. A small venue. There was like a Sunday. There was like 
15 people and and Fred our bass player was kind of high he just ate uh, he ate uh, uh, brownies pot brownies <laughs> and uh, was kind of drunk too and we were doing the sound checks and uh He decided to just walk, to put, to just jump on the table on on the in the sound checks. He was just hanging on on the tables with his bass, and the table <laughs> just flipped, and Fred fell face first in the on the floor, broke his bass, <laughs> and people were just applaud, applauding <laughs> in the uh, final tap moment. Uh, man, that was so. Fucking funny! We're all high or and drunk. That's so funny. That one of the good story. But in Europe, we had so many stories, man. Always drunk stories that are. It's always with Fred. Fred Z. <laughs> Fred Z is the drunk cast of the band, and uh, there's so many stories I could tell, man. But. I don't know. What about like a horror story? Like the worst? Oh, the worst. I remember uh, one day we were playing in the, we were going to play in Rue Narada. And uh, you know when you're, you're you're going through the through the park, you got to check your gasoline before passing the park and we just went out of gas in the middle of the of the, of the park. Right right in the for people that don't know going from let's say Montreal up to yeah. Rouyn-Noranda is a city in the north of Quebec but you got to drive through a giant yeah like nature park yeah it's like Parc de la Viennerie that's it and it's like it's beautiful absolutely beautiful but there are no gas stations anywhere yeah. near it so what did you guys do you were stuck there no gas man we were stuck there it was the summer there was like giant flies everywhere <laughs> eating our fucking cells <laughs> and I just went out with my gas gasoline tank I'm using uh, yeah, yeah. the shows with reanimator and walking with Frank Oh uh, man there was like just getting horse fly bits yeah, and fly eating bit, alive and finally some guys stopped and took us to the the next gas station and brought you back brought, to yeah, so sometimes man, there's good humans yeah there, man right? we were really 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 uh <laughs> Lucky man to get this guy because we just arrived on time for the show and uh, that one was uh, was not fun but oh and then in Europe too I remember uh, the van broke at one time uh, in the north of Poland the show was awful that was not a good show and no PA no stage oh uh, yeah that's uh, no toilet and after the show uh, we were going to leave with the van and the van didn't start and we had like a 15 hour drive to do for the next show of course he did that's that's how it works sometimes so over there. we slept in the van it was fucking cold and that sometimes there was a mechanics that came in and, and just repaired the van and we canceled the next day show because we were just like fuck it man i didn't sleep it was fucking cold and we cannot arrive arrive on time so yeah that's the ones that i can remember I, there's much more but there's always more yeah there's so many more the, the ones you want to forget yeah <laughs> When you're on tour, what keeps you sane? Keeps me sane? I think I'm not sane on tour. <laughs> That's the problem. I'm kind of drunk all all, all day long. And is is it something like in, in Reanimator that everyone's drunk uh, most yeah, of the time? Yeah, except for Frank, our drummer. He's the straight edge guy of the okay. band, but he's crazier than everyone in the band. Is it like something that you guys needed to perform? Uh, no, I don't think we needed to perform. I kind of needed a little. To perform, but some of the guys, some of the guys gotta keep it slow before the show. But after the show, it's always the party with Reanimator. 
that's a party band. That sounds fun. And yeah, that's fun. But you know, being on tour and being a singer, you gotta take it slow. And you gotta take it easy. I you gotta, gotta rest your voice. Yeah, and I got difficulty to do this. You've uh, learned. You've learned that the hard way. Yeah, um, I still need to work on this too because uh, I'm smoking cigarettes. I'm drinking a lot, and. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just lose your voice on tour, and that's your instrument. Yeah. How does it, How do you handle that when you lose your voice on tour? Uh, don't talk, drink water, and honey, uh, and still play the gigs. Yeah, you got to do it. And <laughs> yeah, that that gig in Sault Saint Marie, I was talking uh, earlier. I lost my voice uh, the, the day before. And when we arrived, we were listening to the first bands that were playing. I was, I was telling the guys, seriously, guys, tonight I won't sing. You're gonna do the show without me. And uh, we were listening to the first bands, and I just realized that there was no PA, and you couldn't hear at all the, the singers. So I told the guy, okay, guys, I, I'm gonna do just lip sync. No way! I did, and did your I, whole show just lip sync? I did the whole show lip sync, and. People didn't see it, and people after the show came to me. Hey, man, your voice is fucking great. <laughs> yeah, right, man. Thank you, man. Oh, I so did that, man. I did that. That's so funny. Yeah, that's so funny. But uh, you know, but most of the time when I'm kind of roachy and my voice is not that good, when I get on stage, it just goes well. Adrenaline, you know, when you're adrenaline takes over. When you're screaming, you know, you, it, it works. It works. Well, and anyway, if I was seeing clean vocals, that would be a, a oh, that would be a, fun. a different story. Yeah, seriously. Tell me a little about the fucking Raymond. The <laughs> fucking Raymond, yeah. How did, how did uh, that come to come to be? Man, explain explain to people what that is. The fucking Raymond is a Ramon's tribute band in Quebecois. Okay. Uh, Raphael, uh, the the founder of the band, uh, translated the the Ramon songs in French, but in Quebecois it's in, in slang. So it's all slang French. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there was he started the band with uh, a singer that was there uh, a couple of months ago. They recorded the songs in their basements. And uh, they recorded the songs in the in their basements and uh, put this on Bandcamp and went viral. Ivanko uh, called them, uh, Journal de Montréal, uh, La Presse, Radio Can. Uh, the guys were, what the fuck is going on? And they were just two guys. They had, didn't add the band. So they called uh, Frank, my drummer and reanimator, who's a big fan of the Ramones too, uh, to drum for them. And uh, some guy went on guitar too. And uh, a month before the shows, there was a show booked at uh, 77 Montreal. Uh, the singer uh, just kind of went crazy and left the band. And the guitar player, too, left the band. So Frank told uh, Raphael, man, we got to call Patrick and Max. Uh, Max, who's uh, my guitar player in uh, T-Bone, too. Uh, we had a, a Ramon's tribute band uh, called War Dog uh, a couple of years ago in English. So we knew the songs, but for me it was kind of uh, hardcore because I had to translate all the songs. I, so you know, when mentally you, too. Yeah, yeah you I know hear the song. song, I hear it in English. I didn't hear it in French, so I had to just switch it up in French. And I was listening to Le Fucking Raymond for like a month before the show, and it went well. And that's fucked up because we got so much media coverage with this band. I don't know why, but uh, I take it. And, uh, well, it's, it's like a nostalgia thing, you know. It yeah, always hits in, and exactly. it's, it's kitsch because it's funny. Yeah, that that's the funny side of the of the lyrics helped a lot to 
make it uh, viral. Yeah, yeah, and it's very you know Quebecois. Yeah, uh, appreciates you know like the Elvis Graton. Exactly. Yeah. It's very smart. It's not. It's not only like a tribute dance, kind of an adaptation of the Ramones, but in Quebecois, with mm -hmm. there's references to New York that were adapted to Montreal. You know, it's almost like you know how the Simpsons. Yeah, you know yeah, the Quebec version of exactly. the Simpsons. A lot of people will yeah. like that better than the English version. Exactly. You I know, know that Ollie from Cryptopsy will <laughs> appreciates you know the Quebec version yeah. better because he grew up listening to that and that he finds the jokes are better. But it was, it's like it was smart. It's personalized exactly. to a market here. Yeah. Very intelligent. You know, there we, we got like a rockaway beach from the Ramones, became Plage Jean Doré. <laughs> for the, the kind of references yeah. to Montreal. So, uh, how, how is it being a front man, thrash band versus punk band? Oh, do, you, do you change? Now, you know, for the voice, it's changed a lot. You know, you got to be kind of versatile. Uh, but, uh, you know, you got to rock no matter what the style you're doing because uh, I'm doing, I'm singing in a thrash metal band. I'm singing in a French hard rock band, too. Oh, yeah, my band T-Bone. It's kind of... That's a, what you said before. I, I, I yeah, wasn't sure. That's a heavy hard rock in French. Uh, and there's the Les Fucking Raymond right now. So, see, I I just like to sing what, what no matter what. I got to love the band, too. But, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's kind of different. Just like Les Fucking Raymond, I got to impersonate uh, Joey, Joey Ramon, who's a kind of static on stage and just come exactly. yeah, on yeah. his mic. And we reanimate it, it's just like jumping you're, you're everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of different, but that, that's fun. Uh, I'm touching a lot of sphere in the music, and I like it. That's amazing. That's really, really amazing. Props to you for that. Thanks, man. When did you guys first think about do opening a brewery? Uh, for a couple of years, I, I was dreaming about having my own pub or brewery or, or something like this. But I was alone. I had no partners or, or anything. And one day, Fred, uh, Fred Bizier, uh, my bass player and reanimator, who's the bass player in Mass Murder Messiah, Jeff Bantu, uh, I was talking uh, to him about this, and uh, he told me, man, I talked with Jeff last week, and he told me that he was thinking about doing something like this with his girlfriend, Jenny, who's my partner, too. And... Uh, I called Jeff. Uh, Fred told me, man, uh, that you wanted to start a bar, a pub, a brewery or something like this. I mean, yeah, man, I started brewing my own beer at home and I would love to just do the, the project. But I, me and my girlfriend, Jenny, thinks too hardcore to do it, uh, just the two of us. And uh, I told him, man, if you want a partner, I'm in. I'm in. Think about it and uh, let me know. The next day he was calling me, man, let's do it. So we started to work on the, the, the beer recipes and everything. Jeff was brewing a beer every week. We were tasting the beers. We were bottling the beers. We worked hard. And we started to check for a local to just open the bar. And finally, we find that, that place here in L'Assomption, uh, in, in the downtown L'Assomption, next to the Théâtre, uh, Theater. And, uh, why why L'Assomption versus Montreal? Uh, I, I, I come from L'Assomption. I was born and raised here in Haley. <laughs> born and raised in Haley. <laughs> and uh, I really love the, the spirits of the village L'Assomption. That's only one street, but everything's here. The restaurants, uh, the theater, the cégep, uh, and everything. Jeff and Jenny didn't know about L'Assomption and I said to them, 
you should come and visit l'Assomption. I think you guys will love it. And uh, they came once and they said, oh, yeah, man, we've got to do it here. There's like a village spirit here in l'Assomption that's really great. You can just walk and go to a restaurant, go to a bar, another bar, come here. All on one street. Yeah. yeah. It's very quaint. That, uh, when I had never been here before, when I yeah. pulled in just coming here today, I was like, this is... You know, yeah, that's a nice It's city. like an old village feel to it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's an old city, too. Do you live here now? Yeah, I live here now. I live with Jeff right now. We're, we're, okay. uh, we're renting a house uh, five minutes from the, the bar, so... Uh, yeah. you, can, you can walk home after oh, yeah, a hard night. Yeah, we can walk. <laughs> What were well, some of the, the biggest challenges getting this place off the ground? Uh, the, the licenses was uh, the biggest challenges. You know, uh, there's so much uh, paperwork to do. Uh, you got to deal with provincial and federal government, Régie des Alcools and everything. That's the the biggest... Uh, just to see to serve here you need a you need a license yeah you need a license a bar license okay. uh, for the terrace for the the bar for each room uh, we're doing a, lo a little food too so yeah with the map pack we got some permit uh, some license too uh, and right now with the brew we got we got like a shitload of license to deal with it uh, that's the the biggest uh, yeah the, the hurdle yeah. yeah is that something that you guys take care of or did you find like an outer party person that no, knows we did how to it. do this we did ourselves uh, working our ass uh, seven days a week seven days a week and doing the the paperwork on the side and uh, we, we were preparing the brewery too in the Gardar so we're doing electricity plumber and everything uh, okay because you, you said you used to brew somewhere else and now you have your own place set yeah, up yeah exactly okay and Le Gardar is, is the name of a city or it's a yeah that's a city uh, okay. next to next to, to L'Assomption yeah. okay what um Did you like have any local or Montreal pubs or like inspirations when you set this up? There's a lot of influences, uh, you know. Uh, back back uh, back in the days here in Assomption, there was uh, often Stark. Uh, brewery was in L'Assomption there was like a, a little bar I was hanging out there uh, like four days a week and uh, <laughs> Fred, uh, the the owner uh, moved uh, to Montreal yeah, and started the Station Host uh, okay, on, yeah, yeah, on, on yeah. Ontario you know? yeah, yeah. and uh, I was man I don't I, I can't believe that there's no more brewery in L'Assomption and I was waiting for someone to to do it uh, man someone's gonna open a brewery in L'Assomption someday I waited four years and nobody did it so I said fuck up I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, do it do myself it. and uh, yeah for the I know that Jenny uh, our partner was uh Really love the les, les haricots uh, in Saint Hyacinthe. Okay, kind no, of I don't know that one. Uh, yeah. That's not a brewery, but that's a like a craft beer pub, and uh, the vibe is really nice at this place. And I know that she wanted to the place here to look a, a little like this, and uh, yeah, there was. Often Stark, Zarico, uh, and a lot of breweries. You know, you go in every brewery and just look at everything and say, oh, that's a good idea. I could take this and to just use everything that you see and blend it together to do our project. Here's my, my daddy question. Can I come here with my kids? You can come with your kids on the terrace. Okay. Yeah. Until 10. Okay. That's chill. Yeah. 
That's chill. That's my plan always. We would love to have the kids inside too, but uh, the government doesn't want. Uh, You'd have to change your license. Yeah, that's because we got a we have a bar license right now, and uh, for the kids to get inside, we would need to have a brew pub license. A brew pub license. And the brew pub license, you got to brew on site. Okay. And we don't have the space to brew on site, so uh, we will never have this license. But at maybe in this the, location, the the laws are changing a lot at Rich des Alcoles. Most breweries uh, are getting together and fighting against, uh, not fighting against, but trying to change the, the laws and everything. Uh, you know, for the kids on the terrace, uh, last year it was until 8. Okay. And this year it's until 10. Okay, so and that's like, something that the government changed yeah, the, the regulation. Yeah, breweries were like, man, you got to change this. and Because the laws are very old school laws that, that didn't apply to the new view of the microbrewery and everything. Because it's, like, it's not like a bar situation. No, it's more not like, like a, a tavern. Or exactly. A, where you play uh, slot machines, you yeah. know. <laughs> Darts in the back. Exactly. Yeah. There's nobody selling cocaine here. No. Tell me about, uh, have you had to put like stuff on the back burner, like your bands? Yeah. But, you to know, get this off the ground, is that something you regret? or? Yeah, that, that's for sure we had to like put an hold on some projects. Uh, Jeff put an hold on some of his musical projects projects too uh, you know when you're working uh, seven days a week uh, it's not easy for the family for the girlfriends for your bands for everything so uh, in the last year I still jammed with my band did shows with my bands uh, Jeff put an hold on some of his project but was still uh, working at, with Anonymous and everything uh, I lost my girlfriend on the way uh, that was uh, something that's gonna it might have happened. Yeah, and if without the I, I was not surprised because I wasn't I wasn't home at all. So <laughs> you got to do some sacrifice, but I think it's worth it because uh, being your home boss, being your doing what you love, that was a dream, and I fucking love my job. I I, I don't think it's that's a job. I I came here uh, in in the morning at, at two. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> if you I, stay late. That's not a, that. That's my job is to drink and talk with people. That's not a job. <laughs> yeah, there's everything on the side but that works that's worth it uh, has jeff put a hold on badass studios yeah to do this did. right now yeah, he did uh, he did put a hold on badass studio and i think that what pushed jeff to bruce beers is that he was kind of fed up with the studio and everything okay yeah for people listening uh, jeff patrick's partner used to run a studio called Badass Studios and he recorded a lot of bands throughout the years and uh, now he's focusing just on brewing and he's the main brewer yeah he's the brewer you don't brew no I don't brew okay. he's, he's the man he's what the man. what was like the first beer that you tasted of his that you were like wow oh, we can shit. make this work you know uh, I don't remember maybe it was I think it was a saison I think it was a saison he did uh Saison à la mangue. Saison, ouais. Oh, à la mangue. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And I fucking loved it. And there was this van too. Uh, at first, I, I tasted it. I dude, man, you don't change anything in this recipe. That's got to be this van. And it's still the, main the same recipe since day one. And uh, yeah, Jeff put an old on Badass Studio. Uh, he, I, he told me he's gonna do some. He's doing some mixes and mastering on, on the side sometimes. But uh, right now he don't. He just don't have the time to record bands. And he would love to record some bands in the future. But I think he's gonna choose his bands uh, more maybe, wisely and yeah, focus on maybe more of his bands and uh, bands of his friends and everything. Uh, 
because I would love to record with Jeff again. With yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done some I tracks with man, him. You, you can't, you cannot. Uh, man, we gotta can't, record. Can't, with, yeah, <laughs> you're not getting away. Yeah, from yeah, me. You know us. You know our sound. And we need you, man. You don't really have the space for it, but would you like to have bands playing? We thought about it a lot because we're musicians. Exactly. Everybody's yeah. telling us that you guys should, should do shows and everything here. But you, you've seen the space. Yeah. It's not really big. Uh, the ceilings are really low. And uh, we need some license to do some shows too. And the license requires that you have a stage. Oh, yeah. So, so it has to be like a permanent thing that is set up, yeah, which would take away from your table Exactly. Space. That will be complicated. And if we put a stage musician, we'll just have the head on on the ceiling. So right now, maybe if someday we do some shows, we'll be like maybe like a, a one guy, a two guy thing. Uh, Chansonnier. Chansonnier or something like that. Not full bands and no, no metal bands or punk bands because... The place is gonna fall apart. Man. <laughs> <laughs> the building is two, two, uh, 250 years uh, old. And, uh, wow, yeah. Uh, it's a very nice location. Yeah, that's the oldest building in L'Assomption. Really? Yeah. Wow. L'Assomption's got, got a lot of history. It was a, That's an old city. We just celebrated the 300 years of L'Assomption last year. Crazy. And, uh, yeah, no, that, that's take, an old city. take that, Canada. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How do you guys come up with these these tongue in cheek names for the beers? Oh man, uh, being drunk and thinking about about some names, man. There's some great ones. Yeah, list, list off a few for the for for the list. There's a lot of there's a lot of beers named after like. Uh, Muscle okay, movies, yeah, like uh, action Jeff, movies. Action yeah. movies, yeah. yeah. Jeff's a big fan of action movies, so there, there was Rambo, Terminator, uh, uh, Harvester Stallone. Harvester uh, Stallone. Yeah, that was an Harvest uh, saison. But today, there's a lot of metal reference to. Okay. The Painkiller. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For Judas Priest Painkiller. And there's the La Saison de l'Abyss for Season in the Abyss. That's so funny. The Montaigne dude. Uh, there's Van and Schultz uh, for the, the guys uh, in France. The Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau. For Justin Trudeau, that uh, maple, uh, maple uh, red uh, beer. That's very funny. But there's so much stupid names we could uh, think of, and sometimes they don't pass the <laughs> the three of us uh, outside of the beer test. Yeah, the exactly. next morning, it doesn't make it. Yeah. How about like uh, when you guys are going to do your bottles? Do you guys have like your artwork set up? Yeah. The, for now, we're not thinking about this for now because uh, we're just like brewing to. Fill the, the supply the, here. Yeah, supply here. Uh, in the winter, when it's gonna slow down, we're gonna think about it, and we don't know if we're gonna can or bottle. And uh, for the uh, the artworks and everything, we got a plenty of friends. Uh, Fred Bizier, my bassist and reanimator, is a good drawer too. Uh, Dodo, one of my friends, uh, tattooer too, is good. So we're we're, we're not. Uh, you're not you're not short on. We're not short on artists, and. Uh, but we would like, we would love to uh, bottle our beers and uh, distribute it around here and uh, the cities around, and maybe a little, a little, little bit in Montreal too. But uh, you know, we got a small kit, a small brewing kit, and uh, what kind of limit to fill to fill the, the the supply here at least in the summer right now. Someday we're gonna grow the kit bigger and step by step. Yeah, step by step, and we're doing it with our own finances and. We think got it started smaller and grow Scale bigger. Scale it up, yeah. Then just oh, well, let's go big and just you know you don't you don't want to jump in the lake. Exactly. Right away. Yeah. We talked about a heavy MTL. I'll talk to you about it now. Yeah. I'd love to do a Cryptopsy beer here. 
We have many, many ideas. I'm just going to pitch one right now, which is the Nun Sober. Yeah, that would be awesome. Which is a Russian Imperial Porter. Yeah. An RIP. <laughs> if you guys can age, do age stuff. Yeah, we're, we're, we're working on that too. Casks. Yeah, that would be awesome to have some like uh, uh, barrels and everything. Uh, I, I, I would be extremely honored. Yeah, man. To uh, have, have a Cryptopsy Nun Sober Jeff here. And, uh, I think that's going to be possible in the in the future not right now because we're just like starting the shit but uh, that would be awesome I would love to man I would be honored to do this we're super super into it I think that you guys had some really good ideas with your names and everything I'll just pitch you one there yeah Yeah, the non sober is my number one non sober is really good man well thanks for meeting up with me here the beer was amazing the location is sweet fuck yeah and uh, I wish you guys all the best of success thank you man Thank you all so much for listening to the third episode of Ox and Hops. Me and Petrik had a blast uh, on his little patio. Sorry for all the noise uh, that you heard throughout that episode. Uh, there was a whole bunch of construction going on inside of uh, Petrik's building where the bar is set up. Uh, so we decided to sit out on the patio and it's on the main street of L'Assomption. Although it is a tiny city, there was uh, quite a bit of traffic that day. So uh, I, I appreciate you guys putting up with any weird background noises that you heard throughout that podcast. Uh, if you ever feel that to uh, be a good fit with uh, the podcast uh, and you want to sponsor the show, uh, give me a shout out at uh, matt at voxandhops.com and uh, we'll see if we can work something out together. On the next episode, I sit down with Gore, the lead singer of Arama. We have an in-depth discussion about uh, his early life, how he got into becoming a a goth in high school, which transitioned into the black metal. And we have a, a whole deep discussion about the roots of black metal. What is black metal for him? What does he consider black metal? And uh, it's super interesting. So uh, catch all that on the next episode of Vox and Ops. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard.